Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. I want to invite you to support a very special Kickstarter, 1982, Greatest Geek Year Ever, from producers Mark A. Altman, Roger Lay, and Thomas Vitale. 1982, Greatest Geek Year Ever. You're probably asking why. Well, I got Darren Docterman here with me to tell us about some of the great films. Now, I want you to guess some of the films that came out that year. I'm going to give you a, give you a hint. Still, old friends. Uh, Tron. No. God, <laughs> that was one of the films. Oh. But that's not the one I'm talking about. Okay. You managed to kill just about everyone else. But like a poor marksman, you keep on missing the target. Uh, Conan the Barbarian. No, that also came out that same year. Oh, God, you've never listened to me before, Crom. Uh, okay. Okay. You're making this really, really difficult. I don't have any quotes from Time Rider, The uh, Adventures of Lyle Swan. What about this? Um, you're not a replicant. Oh. Hmm. I came across what? a turtle on a road. You turned it over. Okay. Uh, that's the thing. No! It's Blade <laughs> Runner. Oh, Gosh, that right. also came out in 92. But the thing did come out in 1982. And as we all learned, man is the warmest place to hide. <laughs> hey, have you ever wondered what it's like to put out fire with gasoline? I have not. Do you know what movie that's from? The great David Bowie sang the song. Oh, it's... Uh, I have no idea. Cat People. Oh, Cat People, right. Cat People, Paul Schrader's remake of Cat People. 1982. Exactly. And, and, and John Hurd and Malcolm McDowell, who fans of this podcast may know, played Sauron. Sauron? You mean Soren? Yeah, that's who I mean. <laughs> he played Sauron, the Lord of the okay, Rings. Let me, okay, <laughs> you, you, you know. Okay, let me, let, me, let me try a few more because you're not doing very good at this. Okay, this house has many hearts. Oh, that's, uh, that has to be Star Trek too. No! <laughs> Poltergeist! God! I thought you were a Trexpert. Well, I There's am. There's no line like that in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I, I'm pretty sure there is. It's, it's, when, the, it's when Savick comes out of the uh, turbo lift and says, this house is clean. Okay, I got, I got one last <laughs> one because I don't, I don't have anything from the Atomic Cafe or, or Missing. Oh, I or, have something or, from the Atomic Cafe. Duck and yeah. Cover. Duck and Cover. That's true. Very good. That also came in 1982. And I'm going to give you one last thing. Okay. Okay. Silver Shamrock. Silver Shamrock. Oh, E.T., uh, e. the extraterrestrial. Oh, it's Halloween <laughs> 3, season of the witch. Oh, my God. Gertie could do better at this than you can. This no, is terrible. I, this is, Mark, I'm, this I'm pulling your leg. I, I knew all of these. I just wanted to have a little bit of fun. Because all of these movies came out in 1982. The greatest geek year ever. Indeed, they did. And if you want to learn all the is learnable, know all that is knowable in 1982, and have a great time doing it, check out our documentary on Kickstarter starting June 4th, the anniversary of Star Trek II and Poltergeist release through the end of June and support this Kickstarter. I hope you'll join me in making this really special documentary. I fell in love with the movies in 1982. I want to celebrate it, and I hope you'll help us do that by supporting 1982, Greatest Geek Year Ever, with an exclusive logo from Mike Akuda. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller, and Steven Scarlatta, where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2, Johnny Quest, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, and Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a fan of Inglorious Trexperts, you're going to love 
Trexpert's Briefing Room, a Trek new Spurt's series. Briefing Room? What is that? I was about to explain, then you interrupted oh, me. I'm it sorry. Is, it's curated audio commentaries of classic Star Trek episodes from the original series all the way through Enterprise. You're going to love it as we explore the behind the scenes making of all these wonderful Star Trek episodes with cast and crew that you would never expect to hear doing audio commentaries on Star Trek. Sounds like fun. It will be. And you can find it on the Inglorious Trexperts podcast feed and on the new Trexperts Briefing podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's go see what's out there. This is Mark A. Altman, and this is LA Week. I love it. <laughs> Welcome to the 430 movie with your favorite 430 movie host, Mr. Monday. He's stuck on the freeway, but he'll be here soon. <laughs> Steve Melching. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> Darren. Yes. I love those waves. Got the surfboard. He's cruising on into the beach. You hear these? Mr. Tuesday. Those are are waves. (laughs) (laughs) On Wednesday, he's not ready for volleyball, but he's ready to befuddle and amaze us with his picks for Wednesday. Our favorite Angelino, who may or may not be departing for yonder ways, Mr. Ashley Edward Miller. You know, Mark, they say that the uh, smog is the reason why the sunsets are so... Beautiful in L.A. You know, and, and our eye in the sky, Mark Altman. <laughs> yes, Hello. I was looping that out for. And our Bill special Ritter. guest, Randy Newman. <laughs> wow. Imperial Boulevard? I love it. <laughs> Nobody loves Imperial Boulevard. Come that's on, that's the point. I know, I know. That's I know. The, you know, I, I, it's I, ironic. I'm living in Reseda. I'm living I, in Reseda. I got a freeway running through Petty. my yard. <laughs> we are all going to Reseda to die. <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't. Oh, I just thought of another. Oh my LA god! Film. I just thought of another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing it down. It wasn't even on my list. It would be on no one's list except maybe Ashley. Okay. So last week we did New York, New York week. Great week. Great picks. You know. New York, uh, you know, obviously some very erudite, smart, intelligent, cerebral, classy, funny, awesome pick, right? I wouldn't go that far. New York, New York, New York, that (laughs) Coblin town. Indeed, indeed. Great, great, great city of the world, followed closely by Paris. So now um, we come to... Steve, Steve, Chicago is the Coblin town. (laughs) By the way. (laughs) So so, so at at the very end, the very end of the podcast... Darren says, well, next week we should do Los Angeles. Now, that was not the plan. But when Darren speaks, people <laughs> listen, just like E.F. Hutton. So we immediately decided just it like was Lauren time. <laughs> like, like Lauren Hutton, that gap-tooth model. And uh, that's a really inside joke. When we were doing Free Enterprise and we were talking about who would play Marlena, Rob and I were thinking of Barbara Luna. And, 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 and Bill <laughs> Shatner goes... Who is that gap tooth model? I think she'd be good. We're like Lauren Hutton. He goes, yes. Can you get her? <laughs> anyway, 
Apparently we couldn't. Gap tooth model. It was Deborah von Valkenberg from The Warriors. The Warriors. Okay. <laughs> Last well, Wednesday's pick. The Warriors. By the way, I got I got to ask forgiveness because I did miss a movie last week that I really came very close to picking and didn't mention it at all, which was Abel Ferrara's King of New York, which ah. is a, a great seedy little movie with an amazing cast and Christopher Walken's awesome in it. Yeah. So maybe I could keep that in reserve nope. for when we do Abel Ferrara week. Never. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you, you, you do that. Abel Ferrara okay. day. Abel Ferrara afternoon. But, you know, people say, people say that Los Something. Angeles is a great city because you can go in any direction, go anywhere. You can go north, you know, and you can go to the mountains. You can go to the desert if you go to the east. To the west, you got the ocean and the beaches. And to the south, you got San Diego Comic Con or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so you can, you it, can go to the go to the bullfights in Tijuana. That's right. So you got a beautiful, uh, you know, it's just, a, you know, it offers so many and has this great climate and, uh, you know, it's a city of dreams, right? Obviously, a lot of people come out here to try and make it in La La Land, Tinseltown. Well, and, and, and that's why the film industry came came west from, from New York for in New Jersey really? because of the weather, the, the, the well, abundant sunshine. It, it, it wasn't just the weather. And to get away from Edison's patents. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> also, and this is what I think is... And maybe, like, what I'm sensing or what I think might be forming is the potential for another special report... The death of Los Angeles, uh, at least as a <laughs> as a movie making hub, and I'll and I'll tell you why. Because uh, look, Los Angeles offered a lot of things for the early movie industry. Like the great benefit of the weather was consistency, right? Number one. Right. Number two, you're Especially correct with, with all the outdoor shooting and natural light in the exactly. Early and you go any direction, and you can get nearly any geographical feature that you would like to get. Right. It's like we have what they call the zone. Um, and the short version of that for our listeners is the, the zone is basically like a certain distance. Paramount is the center of it, right? No. No, it's your production it's the office. The what? It's your production office. Is it just your production office? I thought it was Paramount. Like it was literally the middle. Like they measured out 30 miles. I, I thought and it was 30 miles from right Hollywood and Vine. Okay, that makes sense too. That might but be. It's just, that might it's, be. What it tells you is that with, with 30, miles, 30 miles of LA, you can hit almost anything, right? And you can do that at a cost. But what's happening now is we see lots of production moving to other places simply because there, you know, there's tax credits, there's all of that, but the world has become smaller, right? It's a, it's it's You can get the weather you want. You can get the location you want. Um, there are oh, now crews that are- screen. Right? Uh, no, there are, but there are crews that are available. There are only crews in LA. Like, that isn't true anymore. Um, but there is still something about Los Angeles that feels special. Like, you can tell when something that is supposed to be set in LA is actually happening in Los Angeles. It's just, it's, I, I think it's like New York in that way. It's got, there's a, there's mm -hmm. a certain vibe to it that's very special and, and very particular. And well, you can't like, fake like trying, it in freaking yeah, Vancouver. Like trying to fake, uh, you know, New York for Tor Toronto for New York. Yeah, you right. can't. Not quite. You can't throw up an establishing shot of L.A. where you see the beach or the Hollywood sign and then be in Vancouver and try and sell it as Los Angeles. <laughs> it's no. just, it doesn't work. And they did a yeoman's job on the Cobra Kai series by shooting a few days in Los Angeles and shooting the rest of it in uh, Georgia, right? A Atlanta? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Georgia's yeah. on my mind. 
<laughs> like they uh, they actually did a really great job of that. I was pretty fooled. Um, but you know, it's like they they said a lot of it, and like you know, like for like the what's his name Daniel's house isn't supposed to be in Pasadena. So okay, right. like that's kind of not as L.A. as as the rest of L.A. But yeah, it's it's hard, man. Look, it's an interesting point, and obviously, it's cheaper to shoot a lot of other places. And um, for you know, for a while, LA wasn't very film friendly. They've really, over the last couple of years, added a tax credit, tried to be more film friendly. So you know, in, in a sense, you know, some films are coming back, um, but uh, you know, on some TV, but a lot aren't. So I mean, that's interesting that you say, you know, the death of uh, of, of of California, death well, of LA. I feel like we missed a critical window to uh, keep more film production in LA uh, in uh, when Arnold Schwarzenegger, of all people, was governor, when yeah, all yeah. this runaway production was happening. Like, why didn't Arnold yeah. use his, his muscle to, uh, to keep more production? Because you really see Louisiana and Georgia become, you know, sort of dominant. And New York, you know, and New York has been very aggressive, even though it's very expensive yeah. to shoot in New York. North Carolina. They, they offer North Carolina, a lot of incentives. Yeah. North Carolina for a while, yeah. yeah. For a while, obviously Detroit for a couple of minutes, um, and then they screwed that up. So, um, but uh, it's 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 fascinating. And then you know, California, uh, Canada offers a lot of production incentives, which is why so much you know still shoots up there. So um, yeah, but but you know, when we talk about great LA movies, I think we're also talking about the stories, stuff that's uniquely uh, Los Angeles. I mean, I know that you know, like we all come from different places, and yet we have some very uniquely uh, a California traditions, like when we used to play volleyball every week, where we'd go to the beach, you know, and actually play volleyball by the to the waves, and then we'd go have our margaritas afterwards and our nachos. And um, it was, uh, you know, it was a very LA California kind of thing to do. And we could still do it on occasion. We just don't move as quickly. <laughs> Slower. <laughs> well, well, there's nothing like an LA movie premiere. It's That's always true. fun to go to a mm. big Hollywood movie premiere. I've been to a handful, not not a huge amount, but I've been to a few, and it's it's they're really fun. I think um, I, I once upon a time in Hollywood captured that well. Like you know, they're just sitting at a restaurant, and there's a sense because the Klieg lights is this big premiere going on down the block. And it's like for a porn movie, you know. <laughs> it's just like because all around LA, you're always you know, even if you're not going to the big premieres. And you're driving by big premieres. I mean, it's so funny because when I think of, you know, some of the big premieres I went to, it's all horrible movies. Batman and Robin and The Phantom Menace and, you know, stuff like uh, um, Generations. Just like, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't really think of like great movies. That I you're like the Harbinger of awful. I know. It, 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 it's just, um, you know, uh, but no, I guess, I guess, you know, really. I mean, I went to the premiere of all the Hunger Game movies and The Expendables. <laughs> wow, which, man. Which yeah, was actually kind of coming. fun. The, the, the actual premiere was better than the movies because, you know, everyone was there and they all introduced the movie, you know? So that was like more yeah. entertaining than and the actual. All of those so. movies not made in Los Angeles. Yeah, made in Bulgaria. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's true. It's like um, the, uh, I, uh, the very first, this is. I don't know, man, what this is going to sound like. The the very first premiere I went to was for Agent Cody Banks. And I remember uh, standing on the corner across from like, oh, God damn it. Now all of a sudden I'm blanking. The the theater with like the little tower like in Westwood. The Fox. Thank you. The village. And um, it was a whole throng of kids who were there and they were yelling for like, you know, Frankie Muniz. Goes to Hollywood. Hillary Duff. And oh. uh, our agent said to Zach and I, he's like, you know what, boys? He said, 
none of these people are here for you, but this is your moment. Enjoy it. And he was so right. Yeah. It was like, there's that's, something that's magical about it. And then getting yelled at hysterical. by Keith David was good. But I, I remember going to a premiere <laughs> at that theater in 1989 for Batman. And I was there with a group of people from, from USC, and, and we weren't invited. We just climbed up on the roof of the theater to watch the arrivals. And, you know, there's Jack Nicholson, and there's, you know, all the, the big movie stars. It was a massive premiere. I almost I don't mm. think I've ever seen Westwood more crowded. They had those balloons hovering overhead from the, from the right. parade sequence at the end. Uh, and then the LAPD got on their, their bullhorns. You on the roof. <laughs> you have five minutes to get down. Or we're and coming. Bat- I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you swung away. Jack Nicholson. No, that's Dan Poole. Jack Nicholson down there pointing up. Hey, you kids, get down. <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah. ooh, you are my number one. Oh, you know, we talked during Hackman week about how much we miss Gene Hackman in movies. I, I miss Nicholson a lot, too, I have to say. Mm. Jack Nicholson so. week. Yes. Well, maybe. That would be about as good as it gets. Patient. Oh, see. Here's Jack. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Something to consider. Something Five to consider. easy but- picks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's actually a good title for the week. Five that's- easy picks weeks. Six that's weeks. that's crazy. You you took his joke and then you plused it. I, I plused right. It. See, that's how it really Put the Blu-ray between your knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man, oh. it's funny because I just watched the last detail for the first time ah. on um on on Criterion Channel. Yeah, and it's really good. I, I'd never seen it. Uh, the, I'm trying to catch up on Hal Ashby films I haven't yep. seen, and uh, I really really enjoyed it. Well, there's not that many of them, so you'll be able to... Uh... <laughs> no, I know. I know. And I'm never going to watch The Slugger's Wife. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, listen, this is, uh, this is L.A. Week. Uh, this is a film set or about Los Angeles. Um, or Louisiana. It's our, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's our, our sequel to last week's uh, New York New York Week. Um, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see. I understand Steve... Uh, he's going to have some guesses as to what our picks will be. He's, he's sitting in the driver's seat this week after I completely spun out last week trying to pick your movies. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if Steve does a little better. Um, but uh, as always, we're curating a fantasy theme week of classic movies starting on Monday with Steve Melching. Well, you know, I, I sound like a broken record when I say this, but uh, this, this was this was a tough week, and uh, much like New York week, uh, when I when I made my list of movies uh, set in or about Los Angeles, we'd already picked probably two dozen of them in previous episodes of the yep. Four Thirty movie, and I decided to disqualify them from from my picks, um, but there were still a number of great, you know, tons of great movies. Uh, left over to choose from. And I, I had narrowed mine down to two. And I watched both of them. One was one I hadn't seen in a very long time. And I'm sorry to say it did not hold up nearly as well as I thought. And, and huh. perhaps we'll discuss it uh, on Friday because it is a big LA mo- set movie directed by a major director. And who knows, maybe it'll be one of your picks. That's interesting. I think I know what you mean. But uh, uh, so my pick is a movie that's uh, been a favorite of mine since uh, since it came out uh, in 1997. Uh, it's a film uh, that was uh, 
based on a short film that the director made when he was in high school. And he remade it or expanded it and rewrote it and turned it into a feature several, many, many years later. Uh, into, <laughs> into a sprawling Robert Altman-esque epic about the porn industry. And of course, I'm talking about Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. Everyone's given one special thing, right? Everyone's blessed with one special thing. I want you to know I plan on being a star. A big, bright, shining star. Eddie Adams from Torrance. Yep. Jack Horner, filmmaker. I make you exotic pictures. In 1977, a kid from nowhere made me think about your name. My name, yeah. Something a little pizzazz. Dirk Diggler. Good name. I like your name a lot. Had a dream of getting somewhere. Jack Horner has found something special in newcomer Dirk Diggler. So let me just pop in his A track and you just give a listen and tell him what you think, okay? It was a time when disco was king. These are the ones, these are great. Yeah, those are really cool. Are they lizard? No, they're Italian. Do you like my shoes? They're pretty cool. Sex was safe. <laughs> Pleasure was a business. Cut. Terrific. Nice work. And business was booming. And the award for best newcomer goes to Mr. Dirk Bigler. Wow. Goodbye, 1979. Hello, 1980. Are you ready? But in 1980... Come on, you puppies! The party was over. You are fired! What? You're fired! <laughs> it's jealousy, it's deceitfulness, it's vindictiveness, but, I mean, God, what can you expect when you're on top? No, oh, wait, 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 wait. Not this part. New Line Cinema presents... A portrait of two decades in the life of a business, the days of a dreamer, and the nights in between. Boogie Nights. shot all over LA. It's a very Los Angeles movie or that specific slice of Los Angeles culture, the the the, the, porn the San Fernando Valley porn industry. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, most of our listeners have seen this movie. If you if you haven't, it's I think it's a really terrific um uh you know, sort of rise and fall story, no pun intended. Uh, with a great, uh, a great uh, sprawling cast of character uh, of actors, including Mark Wahlberg, Julianne Moore, Burt Reynolds, Don Cheadle, John C. Riley, William H. Macy, Heather Graham, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Alfred Molina, Ricky Jay, Louise Guzman, Philip Baker Hall, and Bob Ridgely. Uh, the, uh, the uh, Paul Thomas Anderson made a thirty-minute short version of this on VHS mm -hmm. when he was in high school here in here in uh, Los Angeles, uh, and actually Bob Ridgely was in it, uh, who yeah. he played uh, the the Colonel in in Boogie Nights, and right. he played Jack Horner, the porn producer, in the short version. And the short version is fascinating. You can watch it on YouTube. 
<laughs> and all the pieces are there. You know, it's about Dirk Diggler. It's called the Dirk Diggler story. Right. And uh, it, it was a it was a mockumentary uh, on the John Holmes story. Right. Um, and uh, Dirk Diggler's in it, and Reed Rothschild, and and you know, it basically follows the same trajectory of Boogie Nights, except uh, in the short film version, uh, Dirk Diggler actually becomes a successful rock star from the, you got the touch from the touch. <laughs> and that only makes his uh, drug addiction worse. Uh, and uh, he ultimately flames out and ends up making low budget gay porn and dying of an overdose <laughs> at the end. Unlike uh, the, uh, the First feature the question film is an overdose of what? <laughs> but uh, well, this was a movie that was made on a for New Line on a fifteen million dollar budget and made over forty million dollars worldwide. A, a modest hit. Uh, it got Oscar nominations for Burt Reynolds and Julianne Moore and for uh, Anderson's screenplay. Uh, it won Burt Reynolds a Golden Globe, and it was interesting because apparently Burt Reynolds fired his agent after he saw the film. And claimed for for a time that he was mortified by being in this terrible movie, but he won all of these awards and got all these nominations for it. And in later years, he denied ever having said anything of the sort. Uh, he came to own it, but um, I, I just I always found this a fascinating movie. It's funny. It's dramatic. It's you know it 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 treats these sort of lost, untalented. Carry, you know, it's quintessentially Los Angeles people, like the kind of people that end up in LA in the film in the fringes of the film industry, or just trying to to make something. When when Ricky Jay is is conferring with Burt Reynolds about this is great work we're doing, talking about you mm. know these these porn films with a story, <laughs> because Burt Reynolds wants them wants the audience to to when they when they finish to have to sit there in it. And watch, see what happens in the rest of the story. <laughs> the delusion of all that is, I just find hilarious, and the, just sort of the, the 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 banality of of making porn, I think, is really funny. And then it, it is a great dramatic, you know, fall story for Dirk Diggler, and and just just great characters. I, I really enjoy the movie, so that's my Monday pick. I always I always laugh when people talk about how the 1990s were the greatest decade for movies. I think it's an absurd contention. It's not even close. Um, but I would argue that if the 1970s were the great era of New York filmmaking, then you could make a case that the 90s were a great era for Los Angeles filmmaking. I don't mean movies made in Los Angeles, but what we're talking about here are films about Los Angeles. Because That's you have obviously, yeah. that gives me another idea. You know, which <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll be talking about a lot of other films, but Boogie Nights was a part of this, a huge part of it, and 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 you can't judge it by its box office. It's an extraordinary film. Yeah, uh, you know, just a really great film, brilliant performances, beautifully shot, a fantastic pick. And, and you the, know, the even soundtrack, the, subject, the soundtrack oh, that he puts in the music is terrific. Uh, Michael Penn. Did the underscore and and it's my personal favorite of Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. Yeah, me too. And let's remember that Paul Thomas Anderson grew up in the Hollywood uh, milieu because, yes. of course, his dad, yes. was our favorite voiceover artist in the seventies and eighties, Ernie Anderson, uh, who uh, did all the ABC shows and uh, you know uh, uh, 
Star Trek, the next generation. Absolutely. Tonight on our own new Star Trek. Code yeah. of honor. Yeah. Touch a young Tonight on the NBC Sunday night movie. Absolutely. It's my son's an incredibly racist episode of Star Trek. The next on the generation. Love, on the love boat. Yeah. Oh, poor Gavin McLeod. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Let's raise a glass to Gavin McLeod. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Yeah, I got to pour out a um, 40 for Gavin McLeod. Exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. Boys, I need to make a confession. Yes. I've never seen Guess Boogie Nights. I have never watched Boogie Nights. You oh my God, you're loving me. Oh my I God. I, I do. I have no explanation for how I missed it. Wow. I have none. I have zero. I have nada. I, 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 can't, I, I can't justify myself on this one. Right? It's like oh. you would think, like, oh, yeah, of course, Ashley saw Boogie Nights like a thousand times. Right, because it's like you, you would know, think like, a, a I'm like a functional times. Rob Burnett. How could I not have seen? <laughs> well, don't make jokes like that. There is no functional. Rob <laughs> you have got a treat because it is just so entertaining. And you know, and and I, I, it was funny when I moved to the Valley. I went to uh, to go to my local bank branch, and as I was at the ATM, I turned around and saw that big mural on the church that's the prominent backdrop in a major mm. scene in Boogie Nights. Like, holy crap, I'm right here on Sherman Way and like the donut shop from the, from <laughs> the uh, Sherman end, Way. Uh, the I end of it. that, yeah. Well, uh, all the these references mean nothing to Ashley. Yeah. I, I would also <laughs> say... I, I get extra, donuts extra, in that donut shop all the time. Well, when I get donuts, that's my donut shop of choice. That when, when Laserdiscs were migrating to DVD and the first DVDs came out, most of them were really bad in those snapper cases. Boogie Nights came out very early in the 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 was you know DVD era, and that was one of the great DVDs mm -hmm. of the early DVD era. There was a lot was of bonus one of the, features. I think it was one of the first ones that I bought. Yeah, and it's great, and it, it, it's it's great. It's a great movie, like you said, great soundtrack, amazing cast. Uh, um, it's it's just uh, it's, it's epic in its scope, and you wouldn't think you could milk so much pathos and drama. <laughs> Out of a subject that's seemingly so uh, inconsequential yeah. as you know uh, the adult film industry, because you know I mean like I hate I hate adult movies because there's no art to them, you know, and it's like I like I love movies, so anything that like besmirches a celluloid as an art, I look down on. So it's like I I had no respect for that. You just haven't seen enough filmmaking. Yes, and, I have no and, idea and, how to engage and, this and conversation. So, and so. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, to me, like that movie, it's just, just it's so, so wonderful. You know? I, I think and, that it's and, just that you're, that, you know, your, your horizons need to be broadened. I mean, how could you, how could you not appreciate oh. Santa comes but once a year? Oh, stop. I, I, oh, I, I just, I'm not, not, not a fan, not a fan. Okay. Anyway, that, that, that's a little bit of a aside, but it, it's such a great movie. Boogie Nights is such a great film. And good, Ashley, good you, you need to, uh, you I'll know, run, it. don't okay, walk. It's going to go on my list of like, yeah. of my shit. I yeah, need move to it to the top of the list. How about it? Yeah, we, you know what we should probably need to watch week. That yeah. should be shit Ashley <laughs> needs to watch week. Yeah, yeah, that would be a great week of the show. And we'll just, you know, program all these movies. So, okay. Anyway, great pick. So that brings us to Tuesday and Darren document. Yes, Tuesday. Well, you know what? I, I'm interested to see if, if Steve will have predicted this. I don't think he will have. I don't think so. You're, you're, look, you got a crafty look in your eye. I don't think I got it. Is it going to be Patterson again? 
I wish we had the match game music. That's a lot like the Boogie Nights music. <laughs> a little bit. Um, look, uh, L.A. is, uh, you know, always, uh, at least in movies, uh, they are usually surrounding the company town that L.A. is, uh, or at least used to be. Uh, mm-hmm. it, is, it used to be the hub of the motion picture industry. And there are so many stories here uh, that um, you could write a book about it, Mark. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> An oral history of Los Angeles. Fantastic. <laughs> See, now we're back to porn. But it has a, it has a great history throughout the silent era uh, in the 20s and into the sound in the 30s and 40s you know, the so-called golden age of Hollywood. And then later on where it, it changed and became corporate and then it became crappy. Um, so it's a, it's, a full, it's a full journey from cradle to grave of an industry. Um, but uh, one of these the films that I found um, seemed to happen in the wrong time. Uh, when this came out, this story didn't seem to be uh, old enough to have perspective on it, or uh, it just seemed completely wrong for the time that it came out. The in, taking of Beverly Hills? No. <laughs> One, two, what? In Beverly the Hills late, Ninja? In, in late 1976, this film came out, which was a, uh, an adaptation of F. Scott Fitzgerald's oh. novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Directed by Elia Kazan, uh, starring Robert De Niro and Tony Curtis, and it's called The Last Tycoon. This is you. Now, she has two dimes, a matchbox, and a nickel. She leaves the nickel on the table. She puts the two dimes back into her purse. She takes the gloves, they're black, puts them into the stove, lights a match. Suddenly, the telephone rings. She picks it up. She listens. She says, I've never owned a pair of black gloves in my life. Hangs up. Feels by the stove, lights another match. Suddenly, you notice. There's another man in the room. Watching every move the girl makes. I don't know. I was just making pictures. What was the nickel for? Jane, what was the nickel for? The nickel was for the movies. 
What do you pay me for? I don't understand the damn stuff. Yes, you do. Or you wouldn't have asked about the nickels. And it's filmed all over the Paramount lot and all over these places that I worked in. And, you know, you can see the same spots in uh, Sunset Boulevard and the same exact stages, uh, offices, everything. And it's, it's an interesting look at how the lot was in 1976 and 75, um, which I find absolutely fascinating uh, because, you know, just a couple doors away, uh, the Star Trek movies were being developed and then shut down. So it's, it's a fascinating sort of gauge as to what was going on in uh, specifically Paramount at that time. Um, It's honestly, it's not a very good movie. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, Bob De Niro sort of moping around and not really enjoying his time being the last tycoon, you know, this uh, uh, mm-hmm. powerful uh, Hollywood producer. Um, and because he, he didn't, he didn't have the end of the book to read. He was wondering right. how it ended. He had no idea. It was very he didn't read the oral history of Los Angeles. That's right. Um, but it's really fascinating because it's sort of, you know, because it's F. Scott Fitzgerald, it, it covers a time uh, in Hollywood where things were still very uh, embryonic and the industry was just sort of developing and stretching its legs and getting its power and getting its corruption in line. So it's, it's a fascinating tale of this 1970s perspective of a 1930s story, which is a, a really strange mix. And De Niro just seems like kind of off kilter. He's doing another movie while everyone else is sort of uh, uh, trying to do another one. But it's pitching fascinating. Me? You pitching me? Yeah, right. Are you, are you pitching to me? <laughs> are you pitching Take to me? Midnight, yeah. all the agents. <laughs> but it is it is an interesting watch. It's it's fun to watch, as I said, all these locations, these real Los Angeles locations uh, in the movie. And uh, you know, it's nice to see it's nice to see sort of a mix of the old and the and the just becoming new uh, in the cast. So uh, that's my pick. So when you said that, I started laughing. This has nothing to do with anything. But you know that that Vin Diesel sketch from Sarah Live. You know, oh my god! Uh, the, the movies, the, movies. <laughs> the, the popcorn, the, the, the cup holders, the movies. The movies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you said the way you said it. It's a view of the movies. The movies. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Me and Vin, we're like, this is me. Uh, that was a funny skit, and it was like the last skit of the season. And it was like and the was, only funny sketch that whole episode. I oh, I, I, I liked that episode, but I, I thought that was super funny. That was, yeah. that was really funny. <laughs> anyway, that's a really interesting pick, and very unexpected. Was it Melching? Was it unexpected? What was your pick for Darren? My picks were too obvious for Darren, so my first one. Mm. Again, we had already picked, picked, picked it before. I picked so my, it. my backup, we picked it. Ah, also, I can't see. What, we what, what is your what is that? What is also that? picked Bowfinger. Also yeah. picked. Uh, did you pick Bowfinger? Yeah, uh, I didn't have that listed as having been picked. I uh, certainly talked I about it. We talked about it on uh, on. Uh, Just because it had a clip from the original Star Trek doesn't mean he automatically picks it. He's not that. <laughs> okay, you know what? I Maybe do have a. When you said 1976, I thought you were going to go shampoo. Well, that's yeah, me an, too. Although, wasn't that 75? Shampoo what? Oh, was it 70? Yeah. Yeah, because it was all, you know, during the Nixon uh, yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, shampoo is a good one too. But not shampoo my guy? pick. <laughs> not your pick. It's John Peters' pick, but it's not your pick. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's a that's a, look. That's a great pick, unexpected. But you know what? What's great is we talk about you know Los Angeles is is is, is a town that it's not very good about preserving its history. That's and the sure. way the history of Los Angeles is preserved is through movies. Right. So, you know, Darren's pointing out, like, in Last Tycoon, it's it's all the stuff that's you can't see anymore. That's yeah. why people go to all these other cities like Winnipeg to shoot period L.A. because you can't really shoot period L.A. in, in L.A. because there's so little left of the of the period. Yeah. It's all because, turned into mini malls and, and, and uh, shopping malls and you know, uh, apartment complexes. And it's, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's really sad because a lot of other cities preserve their history, you know, and, and Los Angeles up until recently has never been very good about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there are, there are some gems there. There, I mean, there's so many movies were filmed in LA and there's so many things that you could still go see like the house from double indemnity or oh, I, I used to live right down the street from the music box steps from Laurel and Hardy's famous, uh, short uh, the, the music box. Well, one of the great tragedies, of course, and I'm not this. You're going to go off on a complete aside here. Was um, uh, the destruction of Bunker Hill in yeah. downtown to build office buildings because Bunker Hill was the site of you know literally hundreds of classic films, mostly film noirs, but a lot of other films, and it, it had this amazing character. And it became you know, over time, seedier and seedier. And in order to build the, the freeway, the 110 and these office buildings, they literally, they leveled the mountain, yeah. you know, to to uh, or, uh, to create, um, you know, Bunker Hill. And it completely and changed the topography when, of Los that's, Angeles. That's when the great order came, don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes. No, it wasn't. That was the other <laughs> one. So at least Angel's, <laughs> Angel's flight is still, is still yeah, there. Yeah, but not right. in the same place. I mean, yeah. that's why... LA is such a crazy place. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, they put it back because it was made famous by the funicular, by the movies, but they couldn't put it in the same place. So where it actually served a purpose because at Bunker Hill, it would take people up and down. Now it goes nowhere. Now it goes nowhere. It's just for the tourists. It's a ride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so bizarre. (laughs) This is such a bizarre city. (laughs) Anyway, um, that brings us to Wednesday and, and Ashley. Okay, I got I got my picks locked in for Ashley. My guess hey. is locked in, so we'll You're see. You're targeting computers off. Why? <laughs> yeah, guys. You know, I've got a lot of uh, of mixed emotions about Los Angeles this week for reasons you know uh, very well. And something that has been on my mind about Los Angeles quite a bit in the the last couple of weeks has been how Los Angeles is really a city, at least in our industry, it's a city made up of people who are not Angelinos. Uh, it is a, a city of people who congregate here uh, for a purpose. Again, at least in this in this industry, we're all outsiders to one degree or another. And, and you can't really talk about... That was Matt Dillon. Yeah, right. No, yeah. And uh, he was Pony Boy. Uh, wait, was he Pony Boy? Yeah, he was. Um, you can't really talk about Los Angeles or the Los Angeles experience, at least again in this context, unless you're talking about what it's like to be somebody dropped in the middle of this from the outside. Now, in my own case, look, man, I had a life before I came out here. I had a job, I had a career. 
Um, you know, I had like a whole plan, dude. And a lot of crazy crap happened that landed me here back in, in 2000 with suddenly a, a job in this industry, right? And it was just, it was such a, a culture shock in, in so many ways. Um, it was just, it, it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. And I'll be honest, like I fell in love with LA because of how different and strange uh, and weird this city is. Now look, as, as with anything, like, you know, sometimes, you know, it just kind of wears off. It was great in the beginning, baby, but, but now I don't know if you're doing it for me anymore. Um, but again, to me, like finding my pick was really about finding a movie that expressed like that relationship um, with LA, you know, what it was like to be that guy. And, and the movie that I picked, I, I think is best exemplified by this quote from the lead character um, talking about this city. When he said, it's literally like someone took America by the East Coast and shook it. And all the normal girls managed to hang on. <laughs> My pick is Shane Black's 2005 comeback opus, Kiss Kiss. Bang, bang. Give me the, oh, give me the bullets! Please! Please. We're gonna stand right here and wait for the police. Ma'am, drop the gun. No. We didn't do anything. We are not dangerous. Drop the gun. Hey, lady, gun is not loaded. Richie! Ah! Ah! Richie! Oh. Ah! Sir, will you please go back out, wait with the others? Grace, do me a favor. Let's just take him. He's ready. You ready, right? You ready? Okay, come on. You know the setup? Got any huh. questions? He's got no questions. Look at him. Let's go. Come on. Let's read. Where is he? Where's Raphael? Where is he? Where's... Um... Uh... Beat up on me all night. You want me to give up my partner? You can go spit. Quit acting like the good guy jerk off. You got your partner killed. He was in over his head. You knew it. You may as well have pulled the trigger. You killed him. No, I, I didn't. I didn't kill him. He wanted in. Why? <laughs> I didn't want him to come in, and he insisted. I said, you got to stay at home, but he doesn't listen to me. He's such a stupid son of a bitch. Uh, I killed him, didn't I? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Hey, good luck. See, this is what I'm talking about. Old school method. Studio. Brando, put this in the pouch to LA and get me Gay Perry. Now, before I go on, Steve, how did I? How did you do? I'm wondering if if we had done the show a year ago, if I would have been closer. If I, if, but um, so my picks were wrong. My, my number one pick for you. 
Oh, that Repo was an interesting thought, Repo dude. man. I, I thought it'd be that a was nearly LA. my pick. <laughs> that was also nearly my pick. LA, except LA. I'm in this. I'm in this very specific place now. Here's another thing that's important about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Now, look, it's it's great, right? Like, um, the the it's a great script. It's incredibly smart. It's incredibly funny. It's like it's Shane Black dialogue. Um, it is dependent on um, on understanding L.A. as an outsider, right? Harry Lockhart, played by Robert Downey Jr., uh, is a criminal who accidentally gets sent out to L.A. to screen test for a movie. He gets caught up in, you know, film noir-esque shenanigans with Val Kilmer um, and Michelle Monaghan, and it's kind of awesome and violent and cool uh, and fun and Captain fucking magic, Okay. It is Shane Black at his absolute best. Um, you know, with that, like, when I think of him, I think of just his sort of his crackling writing, his amazing dialogue, um, you know, his his sense of how to tell a detective story, a great cop story. That's all on display in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, and what's really amazing about this movie, originally entitled You'll Never Die in This Town Again, which I think is a terrific title. It's it's a better title. It's a better title. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, is why it came to be. You know, when Shane Black first emerged in, on the scene as a screenwriter, he was L'Enfant Terrible, right? He sold Lethal Weapon for, at the time, this obscene amount of cash. And it's actually, it's a great script, dude. But, but it, was, you, it was almost unique in the way that he spoke to the reader, Right. Like he would just kind of take little asides. He would talk to the reader as the writer, which you were never supposed to do. And he did it anyway. Any rule you can think of as a screenwriter, Shane Black broke, you know, but here was a guy who had stuff on his mind. Right. As a writer who created characters who had issues like there were other movies I could easily have spoken about um, that uh, that Shane Black wrote. One of them was almost my pick. But because of what I was trying to do here, I didn't pick it. We might talk about it on Friday. Who knows? I don't think Mark will pick it, but he might. Um, regardless, Shane had an amazing career. And then it stopped, right? Like, as with anything else. But uh, uh, Hollywood loves a comeback. Hollywood gave him one. He had this amazing relationship with, uh, with Joel Silver. Silver yeah. And Joel Silver gave him the opportunity to, to direct this script that he had written. Um, and, you know, Shane went out, like, and he, he made a casting choice that I think has changed the face of film and changed this industry completely forever, or f at least for the near future of, like, the next decade. He made a casting choice nobody else would have made that I, I don't, that had he not made it, uh, I think the landscape of the studio system would look very different than it does today. He cast Robert Downey Jr. as Harry Lockhart. Harry Lockhart. No, Harry Lockhart. Jesus Christ, why can't I say Lockhart? Uh, maybe it's the Harry. I don't know, man. It's the vowel sounds. Ask an actor. Um, at the time, Robert Downey Jr. was uncastable, right? Because of carrying the insurance for the man. Because of the concern that you wouldn't finish making the movie, that he'd go to jail, that he'd get high, that he wouldn't show up, that he wouldn't say his lines, that he wouldn't do the things that you needed your leading man to do. People forget how far down Robert Downey Jr. had gone 
by this point. Yeah. Totally. He after was in jail. jail. Yeah. Like he was Literally, in jail and jail, jail. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, well, he was like down, breaking into people's houses and falling asleep. He and, was down so far that they forced him to play Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> right, that's how, how far down he was. Uh, yeah, no, but there was another guy who had fallen from a great height. Yeah. Um, and uh, and look, it was insane to cast Robert Downey Jr. But the fact that he did, it put Shane back on the map. It put Robert Downey Jr. back on the map. It and Val Kilmer. And Al Kilmer, but but the guy who changed movies was Robert Downey Jr. Because had he not done Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, he would not have done Iron Man. And I don't believe that Iron Man, with almost anybody else cast in that role, would have been the same film. I don't know that it would have been as successful. And I think you know that the that the domino effect of that is is significant. Um, I don't know that the MCU would exist in the way that we understand it. It might not even exist at all. Yeah. And all of this comes back to a little movie that was originally called You'll Never Die in This Town Again. Now, look, again, it's fun, it's funny, it's cool, it's smart. Um, it's this meditation on what it's like to be an outsider coming to L.A. and what a strange town it is and how everybody is so weird and how everybody is kind of an import, and they, but they all kind of live in like this land in their own little head. Um, but it's, it's this, just this great beautiful little detective story um, that appeals to me on every level. Uh, it, you know, it speaks to me on every level. And to me, it, it exemplifies a lot of what Los Angeles is, a lot of what the experience of what Los Angeles has been for me for the last 20 years. Well, I think that's an extraordinary observation, actually. Um, and I think you're right. I, I would not debate you on that. That is wise. Uh, because I think it's, um, I think it's extremely well taken. I personally prefer the nice guys to um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which I think is terrific. I, I just like the nice guys more. Um, but boy, you are so right about uh, Downey getting cast, which just knocks over all these dominoes and how different the industry would look right now if he hadn't been validated by that casting choice. Because the movie was not a huge success, but what was unmitigated success was the casting of Downey in that role, which got all his critical attention and heat and basically said, I'm back. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm bankable, not bankable, but that, you know, he's not going to go to jail, that he's not going to throw up powder on his nose. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I'm insurable. And you're going to like what I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's remarkable. Few, uh, few filmmakers or writers have, uh, have written so much about Los Angeles. So many of Shane Black's films take place in Los Angeles. And um, he he was a fixture around LA for a long time. I played on his softball team a couple of times. He used to have a, a regular softball game for years uh, over in the Hancock Park area. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a cool well, dude. I remember like being in New York and, and graduating from college and like wanting to work in movies and wanting to live in LA because I was living in New York at the time and reading all these articles about the Pado guys, right. Shane and Fred Decker and a bunch of these guys. And, you know, it's so funny because over the years and that we've created our own sort of Pado guys and gals. And, um, and I've come to know most of them very well, you know, well, and I know Shane a little bit, but you know, Fred is obviously a good friend and stuff. So it, it's just so, it's so weird, you know, it's just this weird thing. And it's just like, 
it was so unique to the era that late eighties, nineties, you know, testosterone infused films. But he, 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 what are the, what are the, the Brits called? Taking the Mickey out of it, right? He's <laughs> like, he didn't do those movies like straight. He brought something really unique to them. That's why the Shane movies are like so much better than a lot of the Arnold movies at the time right. and the Stallone movies, which took them so, so seriously. I mean, you know, putting aside his $1 million script, The Last Boy Scout, which I'm not a fan of, but, you know, all those Shane scripts are, you know, are terrific and, and uniquely Shane. And they're great reads. You read the script of Lethal Weapon. I mean, that thing just, you know, it's great on the page. And, you know, here's the, look, it, Shane, by the way, he, he was also an actor. He um, played uh, Hawkins in Predator. Hey, Billy, <laughs> last night I was going down on my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> Anyway, he's pretty funny, but uh, and he did like a dialogue pass like on that on that movie. But um, the the thing with with Shane is he has a very particular voice and a, and, a, and an excellent sense of how to make characters seem specific. It's funny you mentioned the the last Boy Scout. Actually, not the last. I was thinking the Long Kiss Goodnight. Sorry, the All Long right. Kiss Goodnight. For whatever reason, I was half watching that. I was working on something at one point, and and I had it on. You know how you sort of watch movies sometimes, things are kind of going in the background, you're not looking at them? Whenever I would look up at the film, not a good movie. When I would look down away from the film and just listen to it as radio, mm. all of a sudden it was awesome. It was, it was the strangest experience. And Shane is also an outsider. I mean, this is a guy who's originally from Pittsburgh, like he shows up in LA, and it's like, and I think he's always been kind of writing about how magical and fantastic a city LA can be. That's interesting yeah. that you described that uh, about the not looking at the screen. That's exactly my reaction to uh, later Ridley Scott movies. <laughs> the opposite. The opposite, right? The opposite, you right? If you just sort of look at what's listen. there. Yeah, you look at the movie, not listening to it. Just it's turn it, mute it, mute the, yeah. mute the sound. And what ooh. if we took Ridley Scott and Shane Black? Exactly. Yeah. It's the old Nicholas Meyer quote about Star Trek and Mission Impossible. Star Trek's a radio show. Mission Impossible is a movie, a TV yeah. is a, a TV show. Um, Funny. So, anyway, that's a good pick. A great, great pick, pick. Great pick. Which, uh, which brings us to really shaping up to be a great week. So once again, it falls to me to screw it all up. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you, as Steve alluded to. Uh, uh, a number of great LA films that are not eligible um, because we picked them before. Clearly, the granddaddy of them all, Sunset Boulevard. Yep. We picked that for films about filmmaking week. The Big Lebowski, we've picked another great LA film. Um, Mahal and Drive, we picked another great LA film. Um, so there, there's there's a lot of these films that we've already we've already picked. Chinatown, I think we've picked. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, for some reason I thought we hadn't, and it was actually my wife who said, no, 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 you, you picked China. It was picked. And, of course and, and she said, and he said, that led to China. Steve, it led to Steve's rant about why he appreciates it, but doesn't like it. I said, okay, right. thanks. You reminded me. Okay, great. <laughs> so it's a good thing she listens to the podcast. Uh, so thank you, Naomi. Um, so, okay, man, Steve, you, you said at the beginning of the show, this is a hard week. This is a tough <laughs> week. And, you know, I got to tell you, I had two new picks just listening to you guys talk. Mm -hmm. I don't know where this came from because I'm not going to pick it. <laughs> I almost did, but I, I thought it was an Ashley pick. Strange Days. Oh, yeah. A movie yeah. that doesn't get any love. Catherine Bigelow yeah. is produced by uh, uh, James Cameron. 
Right, can't fine. get it on Blu-ray. You can yeah. barely find it on DVD. Terrific movie. So yeah. good. At least I remember it the last time I yeah. watched it being terrific. No it one liked it except us. I, yeah, I watched yeah. it a couple of years ago and it held up nicely. Yeah. I think it's part part of the problem is the VR technology, you know, sort of start looks crude. You know, um love the that. thing is it looked crude look, then. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. That's true. So I was thinking about that as my LA movie, which I wasn't, you know, which I hadn't and didn't have I, my I, I still remember when they filmed that because they had this big party scene in downtown LA with all these Klieg lights going that I could see from my apartment, like mm -hmm. all these lights like shining up out of out of downtown LA. Like what the hell? And then you know I'm thinking, well, do you go with a movie that has LA in the title? Do you pick <laughs> LA Confidential? It's right there in the title. It says LA. Um, Louisiana Confidential. <laughs> and, and look, I really like LA Confidential, and I'm sure it will find a home on the show at some point, but it ain't going to be today. Um, because it really comes down to two movies for me. Um, the first, which I alluded to, I think, well, Steve did when we mentioned Angel's Flight. This movie fe fe featured Angel's Flight fairly prominently. Of course, I'm talking about the great film noir, Kiss Me Deadly. Uh, Mike Hammer. Um, oh, there you go. What, 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 yeah. Oh, look, that was, Steve, that it, was it, one of my picks for you live that I lost. If yeah. only that hadn't been my number two pick. Uh, <laughs> you say well, City I, of Angels, I'm out of here. But I'm still impressed. I'm still <laughs> impressed. Yeah, no. I'm still very impressed, Steve, that you that you called that. But you're right. I mean, look, it's a great movie. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it goes nuclear. Uh, I would, you know, um, and it, just great performances. Ralph Meeker, Cloris Leachman, um, <laughs> the late Albert Decker. Um, you know, from who, of course, uh, Ashley, I know you loved him in The Wild Bunch, mm -hmm. you know, uh, straight back to Yuma. But uh, but it really, really, uh, it's a terrific movie. It, it's, it's a great travelogue of, um, the, of, of Bunker Hill. Uh, it, you really see a lot, you know, the Wilshire Corridor. You know, it's, 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 it's a terrific movie. It's a seedy little movie. I remember seeing it for the first time in college. This thing, this movie is like seedy and awesome. Um, you know, but uh, and I, I love the, I love me those kind of movies. But my pick, because I don't think of L.A. as seedy and disgusting, even though it is, uh, is it's the same way I romanticize New York all out of proportion. I try I, t I tend to think of uh, L.A. as sun kissed skies and palm trees and, uh, you know, burnt orange sunsets. So my pick for Thursday is Tequila Sunrise. The federal government swears you're doing business in here. I'm not, not here or anywhere else, and you couldn't catch me if I was trying to sand eggs. Well, what do you think? What do you think's going on here? Well, maybe Nick, there's something me. you don't want me to know about. Now, how are we treating you this evening, Mr. McCusey? <laughs> what is it, Nick? You need some chapstick or something? Because your lips keep getting stuck on your teeth. Or is that your idea of a smile? Let's not discuss my business or his business or your business, okay? But that leaves us with nothing to talk about. Well, your friend is not going to get away with what he's gotten away with for 15 years. My phones have funny little noises on them. You're setting me up, Nick. So if I asked you out, maybe you'd accept. Dating is not a criminal activity, Mr. McCusick. I think your profession has clouded your judgment here. I probably have to bust my friend if I'm going to do my job. And I hate that. You're a bad boy, Nick. You're a very bad boy. I didn't mean to hurt you. Just looking at you hurts more. You are in the wrong place at the wrong time! You lied.
lied to me. You wouldn't shoot me over money. Oh, that's a lot of money. What's it gonna be, Nick? Mel Gibson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Kurt Russell, Tequila Sunrise, Raul Julia, written and directed by Robert Town. Robert okay. Towns, sort of cool crime take on Jules and Jim. Basically, Kurt Russell and and uh, and um, Kurt Russell, Mel Gibson, right? Are are, are 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 both in love with the same woman, the luminous Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, it is stunningly shot. Raul Julia, uh, who you know the the late Raul Julia, who's so wonderful in everything he ever did, um, except you know, Street to, Fighter. Turns out, yeah, except Street Fighter. <laughs> turns out to, uh, to to be more than than than, than they thought he was. Uh, it's full of twists and turns, and it's kind of the the B movie version of Chinatown, you know. But uh, it, it was uh, a Town's first movie after Personal Best, uh, you know, back when he was like script doctor on all these Warner Brothers movies, and I think they kind of had to throw him a bone and they let him do Kill a Sunrise. But I love that movie. I think it's it's a great LA movie. Um, I know that a lot of people say, "Oh no, To Live and Die in LA is a much better." LA movie and it has LA in the title, right. but you know, um, I, I prefer if I, I, if, you know, I'm on a desert Island and I can take tequila sunrise with me or to live and die in LA. I can't look at William Defoe in those suspenders. So I'll go with the, uh, tequila sunrise where we got, uh, yeah, yeah. I was so, like, you uh, have Willem Dafoe in Suspenders Week because <laughs> the Streets of Fire, the streets too, of fire. With, the, with the axe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so my my pick for Thursday is Robert Towns' uh, Tequila Sunrise. Okay. Wow, I think that that's was a great pick. That was a I would, did not see that coming because my my number one pick for you was. Wow, that's so funny you say that because that's my number one pick for Friday. And of course, <laughs> the Steve, for those of you who aren't watching on the Electric Now app, just held out a sign that said The Long Goodbye, directed by my namesake, no relation, Robert Mark Altman. Altman. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish. I love that freaking movie, Elliot Gould and, and The Long Goodbye. Uh, it's, it's a great Philip Marlowe movie. It's a great sort of deconstructivist, you know, it, 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 uh, kind of version of, uh, of, of those classic 40s film noirs. Um, and it uses L.A. in such a great way. And it really is one of Robert Altman's more watchable movies. You know, it's, it's more in that mash school than, uh, you know, some Dr. of the Dr. T and movies. the women. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or Pret-a-Porter. You know, although he also did the, the player in Shortcuts, which would be great for this yeah. week. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, given the choice of the three of those, I would certainly push for Long Goodbye, no, it's, which it's I funny. think is great. You're talking about Robert Altman because my runner-up film was Shortcuts, which I remember really liking when it came out, and enough that I bought the Criterion Laserdisc for like 125 bucks. That was a pricey, pricey box, I remember. And I, so I bought the Criterion Blu-ray and watched it the other night, and it did not hold up at all for me. It, it was, I found it really boring and rambling, mm. and I, I remembered almost none of it. It was shocking mm. to me how little of that movie stuck with me after all these years, and it was it was a real disappointment because it you know with, with the pedigree of, of of Altman and what a cast I mean just an incredible cast. It was of, a real product of its time. It's a very yeah. '90s LA kind of movie, same way Grand Canyon was, even though I think that Oof. was probably the late '80s. Hey, uh, the Lawrence Kasdan movie. Yeah, nobody it, say it, Crash. 
Nobody. No, nobody's say saying crash. crash. You know what I am saying, Ashley? You're so money and you don't even know it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and of course, Swingers. I'm Swingers. talking about the great uh, Doug Lyman movie uh, uh, well. from uh, The Brain Trust. Yeah, I know. Of John Favreau and uh, Vince Vaughn. Uh, it had a huge influence Patrick on it. Would it be insane to suggest that Free Enterprise is a pretty good LA movie? <laughs> you, you could make that case given the fact that we put out of business literally 10 different LA landmarks from like, like Blade Runner. To, oh my yeah. God, it's unbelievable. Everything we touch dies. <laughs> <laughs> but we're catching up. But, um, but Swingers was an, a tremendous influence, obviously, on Free Enterprise. But uh, it really captured, I think, our life in L.A. at the time. Absolutely. You know? Oh, my God. I mean, did- it was, I mean, I lived in that neighborhood. Like, I knew yeah. those people, you know, those type of people at that time oh. in the early 90s in L.A. And we'd go to occasionally to the Dresden, Absolutely. you know, and... and, and uh, the Dresden and, was know. across the street from my bank. <laughs> I, mean, I, was all I mean, it was super time. close to where you used to live in Silver Lake. Yeah. And, and um, House you know, of how many times... Did we, how's the place? Did we all pull into uh, a parking lot in formation like they did <laughs> yep. coming into like Lola's or wherever we, you know, if we were driving to a movie theater the or Toys R Us, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, I mean, Swingers has a very special place, I think, in all our hearts. Absolutely. Because we were contemporaries was- of those, of those guys. And in fact, you know, we later got to know them a little bit because, of course, Patrick Van Horn was in Free Enterprise. And then we went to a couple of parties with Vince and with, the, with those guys. We probably should have spent more time with John Favreau, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you choose badly. <laughs> but um, but uh, you know, Swingers was like was I mean, like, the original title of Free Enterprise was Trekkers, right. which tells you a little bit about you know uh, you know what how we saw that was. film. Yeah. But <laughs> I said it, t- it says a little bit what that pedigree was. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. And but Swingers is a a wildly entertaining uh, and 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 delightful. And, uh, um, I, I was pleased. To, I rewatched it uh, two or three years ago, and it held up really well. Yeah. I, it held up very well. well my yeah. second choice was in the vein of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, of Outsiders, Fish Out of Water in L.A. It was Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a good choice. Wow. Did we not pick Beverly didn't Hills Cop? About we just talked about it. No, no. I didn't either. I, I love Beverly Hills Cop. But um, I didn't help him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think it's a yeah, wonderful pick. Uh, it's, it's super funny. And, you know, people forget it's like 48 hours. It's not just a comedy. I mean, Beverly Hills uh, yeah. Cop is pretty intense yeah. the first 20, 30 minutes, when it, you know, in Detroit. And, and even then, it, you know, it works as a thriller as much as it works as a comedy. Right. Totally. And um, the, the third act is 100% back into, into that vein. It's Martin Brown oh, totally. directed it. Uh, who did yeah. Midnight Run and Senate yep. Woman? Ooh, uh, but uh, you know it, 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 it totally like holds up. <laughs> Shilly, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great little movie. Like again, it's like if if uh, if it had had the impact that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang it had unexpectedly, I probably would have would have picked that. Um, Get Shorty, great mm. pick, great. That was my son's pick actually. I asked him who what would you pick for LA Week, and Isaac said. Uh, Get Shorty. Isaac so, said, uh, get shorty? Yeah, wow. Isaac said, get shorty. Surprising. Did he also say, they say the fucking smog is, can reason the fucking sunset? There's fucking beautiful. No, he, he didn't say that, but he picked it. He said, I said, what would you pick for LA Week? He goes, oh, get shorty. He said, you should pick that. <laughs> one of the, I'm like, 
one of the movies. Let me run down. Let me run down the movies that we've already picked that early set. Uh, Have Blade we Runner, Encino Man, <laughs> Blade Runner, Big Lebowski, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Chinatown, L.A. Story, Mulholland Drive, Sunset Boulevard, Double Indemnity, Nightcrawler, wow. Heat, Reservoir Dogs, The Karate Kid, Drive, Die Hard, Ed Wood, Terminator, and Terminator Two, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Once Upon a yeah, Time in Steve, Hollywood, Die Hard's not an L.A. movie. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Just ask Stephen to Susan. It's a North Pole movie. <laughs> so you know, you know, what we didn't mention. It's funny right. because last week I picked After Hours, but there's the LA version right. of After Hours into the night, which is into the night, into the uh, night, yes. which is a yeah, great Goldblum. John Landis directed Jeff Goldblum and a luminous Michelle Pfeiffer. Absolutely, um, <laughs> it's Michelle Pfeiffer week. And, well, you know what? And occasionally pantsless. Occasionally <laughs> pantsless Michelle Pfeiffer. Pantsless and, Michelle Pfeiffer week. It also has John Landis and Steven Spielberg. And who are, who are the other directors in it? Playing crazy Arabs. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't remember. Because Landis oh. was one of the crazy Arabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had Spielberg was in it. I think Zemeckis was in it. Uh, yeah. Maybe Joe Dante. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember. The, the insane pick... And I thought somebody said, yeah, there was the thing I was going to pick that was like a really big director. And I, maybe it was Steve who was talking about this. And I thought, oh, I know a movie that was set in Los Angeles that had a really big director that was a giant failure. 1941. Yeah. Yeah. 1941. That's true. That's true. Well, I really, I got two movies that I think you guys wait, probably me, won't wait, like. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, I've been trying to get this you. in for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, go, go, go ahead. Go one, ahead. Of the, <laughs> one of the films that I watched when I was at SC in early 86. Um, across the street at the, at the University Village Cinemas. Um, and I went to see probably three or four times. And I wouldn't have done this unless it was the only thing playing. <laughs> but it was uh, Paul Mazursky's Down and Out in Beverly Hills, mm -hmm. which I really movie. grew to love. I think, it's, I think it's great. It's really weird. And, yeah. you know, Nick Nolte is probably the best I've ever seen him. In it, he has he does a great turn as a homeless person, and it's completely believable. Um, I prefer him in Ongley's Hulk. No. <laughs> I was going to say he also comes <laughs> off as a homeless person in Ongley's Hulk. It's, That's uh, a great pick. It, it it really it really shows uh, an idea of how LA was in the late eighties, and uh, it it gives you a, a a taste of what the uh, what the idle rich were like, uh, supposedly in a movie setting, um, and I just found it very entertaining. And Richard Dreyfus is uh, at one of, at one of his uh, most uh, uh, agitated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. it's it's great, and of course, Bette Midler is uh, plays his wife, and she's uh, right. He's crazy in it. Yeah. Well, here's an out of the box pick. I don't know if it's really out of the box, but I just dig it. But uh, sometimes I forget it exists, then I remember it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that movie. The Limey. Yes. Oh, that was on my list. Yeah. That's a great pick. It's on my list, too. Steven Soderbergh. Um, I mean, it's just awesome. It has Terrence like. Stamp. Parents Stamp. Parents Stamp. Right? That's like where you just walk into the warehouse. Never knew you wanted. And you it's just like hear all the live. gunshots, right? And then yeah. shit happens. And you're staying. It's just, it's one shot. You're just on the warehouse. Well, everything is happening inside, and then he just walks back out. Walks out in into close-up. Oh, so it's great. Terry, so I'm coming for you! I'm coming for you! So I'm going to put and, myself... And then he goes gonna, out... That, go ahead, Terry. I'm putting myself in the Ashley position. 
I've never seen the limey. Oh, dude, uh, you gotta see the limey. You it's would so love great. the limey, dude. It's, it's so, so great. Good. I don't doubt Karen it. Terrence Stamp, it's kind of like this Get Carter thing in LA. Yeah. And Terrence Stamp like goes out, and they use footage of Terrence Stamp from 30 years earlier. Uh, and then with um, Peter Fonda, goes, right? Yeah, right. with Peter Fonda. And he goes out on the porch of like one of these great Hollywood Hills houses, you know, and this, this, this bodyguard comes up to him. Throws him over the fucking side, it's and he's awesome. It's like it's, a, it's like a patio with like a swimming pool cantilevered over a hillside. It's because nuts. people aren't, you know, it's like this old guy, this old crazy guy. So the thing, and oh, uh, the guy from Vanishing Point is in it. A uh, Barry, um, Bar not Barry Nelson, Barry. Um, anyway, the guy from Vanishing Point is in uh -huh. it. But it, it's such an homage to. Um, like old seventies revenge thrillers, right. but it's done in sort of this non-linear kind of very Soderbergh uh, way. And in fact, um, it's on iTunes in 4K, but there's no 4K disc. I have the DVD. Um, now I have the DVD of it. it. Has great. It has a great audio commentary track. Yeah, by Lem Dobbs and Lem Dobbs Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. Terrence Stamp <laughs> is awesome in it. Mm -hmm. And the luminous, what the hell happened to her, Bridget Fonda? Yeah, totally. Right. What happened? To By her? the way, another LA movie, Bridget Fonda, uh, Jackie uh, Brown. Jackie Brown. Yeah, yeah, but that didn't we pick that for Quentin Tarantino week? Maybe, Maybe we did. We might have. But I, I love Bridget Fonda. Was like the it girl in, in the late eighties, early nineties. Absolutely, I, she was great. She married Danny. Uh, she, Danny Elfman. Is she married to? Really? Is it? Is it really? I'm yeah. pretty sure she's married to yeah, Danny maybe. Elfman. Now I'm gonna Google. I don't it. know. You better Google that. Um, Google I, that shit. We we need to mention our friend Dan Weber's favorite film of all time, Miracle Mile. Oh, yeah, Miracle Mile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> well, well, shit. As long as we're going there, uh, yes, it was comic? Danny Elfman. She's married. Been married to Danny Elfman volcano? for almost twenty years. Wow. Oh, volcano. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and now now after Isaac said get shorty was his pick. Naomi said her pick was Night of the Comet. Okay, see? Yeah. Which means we could also pick the Omega Man. Yeah, that's right. The Omega Man. Oh, my God, dude. That's like, true. Uh, uh, it opened all kinds of possibilities. And speaking of Dan Weber, his, uh, his son, his oldest son, has gone through a phase uh, 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 where he is now a huge fan of Boys in the Hood. Well, there you go. Really? Which is a great L.A. Yeah. movie. Uh, John so Singleton. So Society. By the way, uh, Repo Man. Yes, which was yes. your pick for oh, me, which was nearly my pick. <laughs> yeah. Repose. And I would say, I, I know you guys will hate these picks for Friday, but I'll mention them anyway. Uh, Mank, which I think is a great L.A. movie, and so is um, uh, La La Land, which I love. I love it. And I'm not I embarrassed. Jesus Christ, man. I love La La Land. I love La La Land so much. Not as much as Scott Mance, but I love it, and, <laughs> and I'm not embarrassed to say. It's charming. And I don't even like musicals, but I love that. that I'm movie. with you. I would add good for Fast you. Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, sure. Mr. Hand yeah. and but Valley Girl. it's not Girl. so much about L.A. Of course it is. As what? it is about high school. Of course it is. Well, in that case, LA though. High well, then Valley Girl. Like, to Valley Girl. Yeah. 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 yeah that's or more about on that, now that we're talking about malls in Los Angeles, Commando. Yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, but Commando. then a lot of it takes we've place pick, in We've Santa picked Marcos, Commando, though. So. Commando oh, was yeah. my pick for guilty pleasures. That's the movie where Arnold goes without underpants. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say, Steve, you might have seen this. The Commando Lori. <laughs> a great pick for Friday is uh, is, is the, the wonderful documentary, L.A. Plays Itself. It's oh, a four-hour yeah. yeah. documentary about um, movies that were shot in L.A., 
And I right. it had a tough time getting uh, a distribution because I think they used a lot of clips that they couldn't, they didn't clear. But um, I saw it at the Cinematheque and it's just fantastic. And it really is a great overview of all the movies and the history of LA through movies. I, I'm a huge fan of the documentary. Uh, I have the, the Blu-ray of it, but I don't, I think it's, it's not available anymore. Um, I know it was on iTunes for a while, but they pulled it. So they pulled it. There's a uh, point break. One. Mm -hmm. I cut my first tube today, sir. Speed. Speed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. About the, the perils of mass transportation in Los Angeles. That's right. That's right. There's a you know tons of great Hollywood movies like Singing in the Rain and The Bad and the Beautiful, which we've picked, but we picked those. We picked those. Um, Rebel Without a Cause. Yep. Yeah. Less than zero. Observatory. Less than zero. Uh, Robert die in L.A. Here, we mentioned the, the yeah. no, grad would pick to live and die in L.A. What am I yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah. The, the graduate. Oh, yeah. The graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. we not picked the graduate? Before? We, have I think not. we have. Wow, no, that is insane have. that we have not picked. Not for college week. No, that's weird. Wow, not well, for we like banging your girlfriend's mom week. Well, that's coming because we're <laughs> running out of topics. But 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 but. Point mm. blank. Point blank. It's good. Oh, point for blank. Marvin week. But you know, it ends at Alcatraz, which isn't really in Los Angeles. I, you know, I think that is isn't much it as really San in Los Angeles. Movie. In fact, it's not in Los Angeles at all. <laughs> collateral. <laughs> collateral. Yeah, collateral is a good pick, LA pick. Pick collateral. Nope. Man, Trip. I love collateral. Although I think it was over the moment that um, that uh, Jamie Fox realized that his weapon was the cab, right? And he just takes Tom Cruise on that wild ride and crashes the car. The movie was done. You didn't need, like, the killers in the house beat, but great, great movie. Great movie. Great experimental movie. You know, um, I, I really like Collateral also. Um, and I like Tom Cruise as the villain. Um, I don't uh, know. My pick for like Friday, I'm really pushing... Uh, <laughs> the the long goodbye to me is... is uh, is, is it to me is like a great pick Friday, yeah. but uh, what do you, what do you guys what, what are you what are you guys thinking? Swingers, I I would go with swingers. I'm kind of leaning swingers. Let's do swingers. I don't want you to be the guy in the PG-13 movie everyone's really hoping makes it happen. I want you to be like the guy in the rated R movie. You're a bad man. You're a bad man. You're a bad. Man. In the city of Los Angeles, where everyone is a player. What do you guys do? Oh, I'm a producer. Mike can't even get a seat on the bench. Where do I know you from? You ever been to the Ha Ha Hole on, uh, on Pico? Oh, you're, you're a comedian. It's a, you know, it's a dream, you know, it's a lot of hard work and travel. I know where it is. Starbucks. You came in and, and asked me for an application. But now his closest friends are getting him back into the swing of things. Vegas, baby, Vegas! happens to be a $100 minimum bet table. Perhaps you'd be more comfortable at one of our lower stakes tables. How are you ladies doing this evening? What do you drive? Uh, Cavalier. <laughs> it's a nice touch. So how long do I wait to call? Two days is like industry standard. Well, how long are you guys going to wait to call your babies? Six, Six days. days. Miramax presents the film that had an entire country on its feet. You know what, big boy? You're grown up! Hi, this is Nikki. Leave a message. Hi, uh, Nikki. This is Mike again. I, I just called because it sounded like your, your machine might have cut me off when I... When I Roger Ebert calls it sweet, funny, observant. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. The movie that defined a generation. Hi, this is Nikki. Leave a message. Anyway, I think I was uh, weird or desperate. Or... Mike, 
Nikki, great. Did, did you just uh, walk in or were you, were you listening all along? Don't ever call me again. Swingers. Yeah, what do you I think, Steve? Steve, you look vexed. Well, I, I, until you mentioned it, when you mentioned L.A. plays itself, I thought, oh, hmm. Interesting. I know, right? But, but I don't Swingers think they'll go with us an, on that. Swingers is such an entertaining movie, and it captures L.A., a yeah. very specific time in L.A. so well. It, it really embodies L.A., so I could definitely be on board. And Darren uh, hasn't seen The Limey. Otherwise, I'd push for The Limey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you have to see the limey. It's I, you I, I, see I the will. Limey. I will. But you have to see like four or five movies. Yeah, I know. Uh, over the past, you got to see that one with the leprechaun. I know what I know, but I love what I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, I think I think you know. Look, we all love swingers. Swingers, and it has pies in it. It has Marty and Elaine in it. Yeah. You know, it has great cocktails, swing dancing. What more could you ask for in a movie? So we, we were gonna do uh, like date, we were gonna do dating week a while back, and Swingers was gonna be my pick for that. But I'm fine to pick something else. And, Bridget and Fonda is not in Swingers. Damn it! No, she's not. Heather Graham is in it. Graham is. Heather Graham is. Yeah. She's this little bunny rabbit. See, little bunny rabbit. But she's also she's also in Boogie Nights. That's right. She's in two of our Swingers. She's well, that sounds like a hell of a week. Yeah, she's a in Twin Peaks. Off those calls that, that John Favreau makes. We have a friend. Oh, God. So and, 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 oh and we're God. not gonna say we're not gonna say who, but so man, human. So human. It's it, so we painful. you know, he, he was the same way. Oh man. Remember? Steve? We all we that all guy? Knew, we all yeah. know what he did. We all know. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. you did? What did you do? It's so hard. There's nothing I mean, I, you can I do to, to stop remember, them. Uh, I seem to remember some of Rob's friends. Maybe it was Sean Fanning that used to say, "Money, you're so money." Like, oh yeah, yeah. Sean <laughs> thought that's why we cast Patrick Van Horn. <laughs> yeah, because he was Sean. Yeah, but, you know, and unfortunately, it's just so sad. You know, Sean passed away. I think it's close to ten years now. Yeah, and I know you guys weren't that fond of him, but you know, it's I just liked really him. Sad. I thought he was. Really I like Sean. Too. He's a nice guy. You you weren't that fond of him. <laughs> no, I always liked Sean. I liked Sean. I got along with Sean. I missed the oh, best no. part of all this. You did. You did. You did. You, I just you still remember a party uh, sitting in a hot tub uh, with Eric Wallace and one of Sean's friends having a drug, tr bad drug trip and coming out and throwing bricks over our heads into the pool and people, Alan Spencer restraining him on a bed while they like. Got him yeah, remember he threw that giant, um, that giant piece of asphalt. Yeah. And it, like barely missed hitting somebody in the yeah. head. <laughs> it's me, it's oh, me or Eric. Good days. <laughs> good times. Yes. But uh, but yeah, Swingers brings back so many good memories of that of the the nineties and bad memories uh, in Los Angeles and bad painful <laughs> memories. Yes. Hitting the head with an asshole. That's right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, man, this is this was a this was a difficult week, very challenging, but I think we've done it. By God, I think we've done it, haven't we? <laughs> yes. So let's uh, let's review uh, for our friends at home. Uh, on Monday, Steve Melching. Monday is Paul Thomas Anderson's porn industry epic, The Boogie Nights. The, the Boogie Nights? Boogie Nights. <laughs> Steve, you just kind of, you, you had a train of thought that sort of derailed there, uh, didn't you? Boogie Nights. Boogie <laughs> you want to do it again? Let's do it again. Monday. Uh, <laughs> I blew my cue again. Okay, okay. Here Paul we Thomas go. Wait, wait, get ready. So uh, we're going to review the films that we picked for the show. 
As always, starting on Monday with Steve Belching. Monday, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, San Fernando Valley epic about the porno industry. Boogie nights. Excellent. Tuesday. Oh, see, I'd like to see that with the Muppets. <laughs> Muppet Boogie Nights. <laughs> I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a great big star, great big shining star. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Miss Piggy is Julia Moore. I don't know. Oh God. Two, Tuesday, it's uh, Darren Doctrine's pick. Tuesday, it's Ilya Kazan's The Last Tycoon. Ilya Kazan's adaption of F. Scott Fitzgerald's yes. unfinished novel, The yes. Last Tycoon. Yeah. I watched it, that on Amazon. They did it as a TV finished. series. It should have been. Yeah, yeah. With uh, um, uh, yeah, Matt Bomer and, uh, and, and um, uh, yeah. the guy from Frasier, uh, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. And. Um, yeah. It started out really good, yeah, and then, and then went it downhill. just goes right into the yeah, dumper. Yeah. Okay, Wednesday, it's Ashley Edward Miller. On Wednesday, Shane Black and Robert Downey Jr. are the comeback kids in 2005's Kiss Kiss. Bang, bang. On Thursday, it's Robert Town, turned director and writer, Tequila Sunrise. And... Oh Coming to you on Friday. This pick is so money. And, <laughs> and it doesn't you don't even, even know it. it. <laughs> it's Swingers. 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 Who directed That's... that? Doug Lyman. That Doug was directed. Well, no, uh, Doug know. Lyman. Because you know. we always say it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper's, <laughs> Toby Hooper's Swingers would be insane, dude. Because Spielberg would have to come in and finish it for him. Right. <laughs> Ouch. The, the, the stories about soon? swingers are, are wild, and it's amazing that they've all gone on to such huge success. Mm -hmm. um, you know, since then, I mean, you know, all of them. I mean, Lyman, Favreau, Vince Vaughn. You know, well, I mean, Vince Vaughn isn't doing really much anymore. Yeah, but he did. He was doing fine for a while. He was doing okay. He's making his mortgage payments. Let's put it that yeah, way. He was in one of the. He worst, could make our mortgage payments too. He was mm -hmm. in one of the worst Jurassic Park movies ever, and that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in the remake of Psycho. Oof. Oh, okay, never mind. So, uh, they got so, a well, big that's, hole there. That's he's quite also a week. great in May. We do Vince Vaughn week. Oh, May. So, yeah, May was good. Yeah, May is good. So, what, what, uh, what city are we doing next week? <laughs> Indianapolis? It's Dallas. No, it's Vancouver week. <laughs> Vancouver. It's Vancouver week. <laughs> Movie shot in Vancouver. <laughs> that are supposed to be Vancouver. somewhere else. <laughs> it's Vancouver oh. for a week. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we'll 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 figure out what next week's gonna be, but uh we want to thank you for listening to another episode of 430 Movie. And as always, if you can't get enough of this gang of misfits. You should check out Ashley and Steve on our sister podcast, Cartoon Barroom, a very animated podcast about animation and cartoons. And uh, if you're a fan of Star Trek, and who isn't, listen to Inglorious Trexperts and the Trexperts Briefing Room with Darren and myself as we talk Trek every Friday. And uh, don't miss the best movies ever made with Steve Scarlatta and Josh Miller. You can also watch all these shows on the Electric Mail app, downloaded today. And you can stream all these shows and watch them. Or you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, we'd like to thank Bill Ritter and Mark Rivera, our fantastic sound engineers, our associate producers, Zach Raggetts and Peter Holmstrom, as well as Natalie Miscali, our producer, and Dylan Middlebrook, our video producer. So thank you, everybody. 
Um, couldn't do it without you guys. And uh, we're very, very grateful. And uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram now, 430 Movies now up on Instagram. And it's being curated with some wonderful photography. I don't know if you guys have been looking, but there's some great stuff up on the Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. Really fun stuff. And of course, you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at 430 Movie Podcast. So check that out as well. So uh, until next week, on behalf of Steve, Darren, Ashley, and myself, Mark Altman, Eyewitness News starts now. Hate New York City, it's cold and it's damp. And all the people dressed like monkeys. Let's leave Chicago to the Eskimo. That town's a little bit too rugged for you and me.
This show was produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.